This is the Non-Microwave Truth, a Time of Grace production, and I am C.L. Whiteside. If you ever wanted to check out the podcast on a different platform, remember, it's on Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find a podcast. It's even on YouTube, or if you want to share it with someone, I should say. For my people who like rap music, R&B, Remember episode 63, I talked about, you know, Christian music, gospel music. Like, is that cool or is that corny? I guarantee, I guarantee if you like rap, if you like R&B, you like good music, check out Hovey. He just came out with two new songs, Beautiful and Have Me. They go crazy. And then Lecrae also just came out with a song called Spread the Ops. You, you got to like at least one of them. And if you're a parent trying to gain cool points with your kid, just play this in the car. Don't prep them. Just play this in the car and make sure you got a little rhythm bob your head. Your kid's going to be like, wait a minute. Who, who put you on with this? You can tell them. CL did. But after you have turned it up and bumping it in the car, they will have to like at least one of the songs I just named. And before we get into our first world problem, one more thing that I wanted to share with y'all. Another podcast that's brought to you by Time of Grace titled Little Things by Amber. I guess that's like my podcast sister. She just did a series that was very like vulnerable. It was very transparent. It was a unique topic. It's something that people may go through, but it's not talked about a lot. And that's what do you do when you lose a child? And I just thought it was really well done. And it just helps with perspective so much. And it's one of those series that there's a solid chance that this is going to affect you because of one of your friends or one of your colleagues, or maybe a family member. It could possibly even be you. And the people that she interviewed, and the vulnerability and transparency that she shows, and and the guests show, and it's just eye-opening, and it can allow you to be a better friend, or a better family member, or a better supporter for someone. And the title of her podcast, again, is Little Things. Now we're about to hit a hard pivot, and get into our first world problem question today. If you remember, I coach. I coach football and basketball. And a lot of times before games, coaches want to come talk to you and stuff. I don't really enjoy doing that. But some coaches just love to talk. And if unless I really know you, unless I've kicked it with you, had a drink with you or something, I don't really want to talk to you. But something coaches say a lot of times before the game is good luck. And it's like, I don't want to say good luck to you. I don't want you to be lucky and win. And of course, how my mind works, I was like, I wonder what Jesus would say to them. Because first of all, we don't really believe in luck. And then on top of that, what would be the, the Christian thing for me to say? What would Jesus say in this situation? Be safe. God's blessings. But I definitely don't want you to be lucky and I don't want you to win. I want you to be safe. I don't want anybody to get hurt. But as a coach, as an athlete who's competing, what should we say to our opponents before the game? Hey, God's blessings. I mean, I really don't even want you to get blessed if you compete against me. I don't know. I sound horrible, don't I? The only thing I could think of that's not horrible and I genuinely mean, mean is like play hard or be safe. But I think like play hard could sound disrespectful to another coach. And be safe. I think be safe could kind of work, but. What do you think? I need some help with this because I really want to use this. Remember, I would love to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is championlife23. And again, our first word problem question is, what should coaches, what should athletes say before the game? Because we don't really want to say good luck. 
I really don't want you to be blessed by God during the game. I want you to be blessed by God in life, but not during the game. What should we say as competitors, as coaches? Like, what do you think Jesus would say if he was competing or he was coaching? What would he say to the opponent? And this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. Shout out to my man Shaggy for this podcast idea. The title of this episode today is Broken Pieces or Puzzle Pieces. Now, I want you to think about this. And you, you got to be real with yourself. No point, to lie, no point in lying. You cannot be a human and not be broken in some way. Somebody has let you down. Your body might be breaking down. You've done something janky before. You've sinned. You're broken. I'm broken. There's no shade to that. We are just keeping it real. And to add on top of these facts, no one, I repeat, no one but Jesus, but Yeshua has a perfect past. But if you think about this in a worldly standpoint, if you think about this from like the average person, some of our past from a worldly sense is definitely viewed as more jacked up compared to others. Your parents got divorced, that's jacked up. But if you look at this person, their parents physically and mentally abused them, didn't really give them the basic necessities of life. One of their parents was addicted to drugs and the other parent was in and out of their life. Who has the worst? Who's more broken? Another example is this. You have one person who despises the way people look, but you know what they do? They just don't deal with these type of people at all. They avoid them at any and all costs. And then you have someone else who doesn't like a group of people. But instead of avoiding the group, they do everything in their power to make the group's life hard. In fact, they've even murdered some people in that group and killed them. That's crazy, right? And we would look at that and say the person who's murdering people obviously is more broken. Or if you had two women and you were comparing them, one girl, she has some daddy issues, but I mean, she only sleeps with her boyfriend. I know you aren't supposed to have sex outside of marriage, but like, let's be serious. Most people do it, right? And if you compare her to the other girl, the other girl who was a stripper and then became a prostitute and she was down for the whole team and she's had over a hundred different dudes that she slept with, is there really any comparison? Now, like I said, that's from a worldly sense, but from a godly sense, from a spiritual sense, all these examples that I gave you are examples of brokenness because of sin. Now, the interesting or intriguing thing about with all these examples that I gave you is that no matter those examples, no matter the past, they don't have to be broken. Because broken in a spiritual sense, that means that you or I are apart from God. But with God, we can go from being a broken piece to being a puzzle piece. I know some of y'all are like, what you talking about, Willis? Or in this case, what you talking about, CL? And what we're going to look at today is how God takes people when they're at their not human best and he can easily use them. He can use you. He can use me despite our past. And on this episode of Broken Pieces or Puzzle Pieces, we're going to look at a few examples in the Bible. But I just want you to think about this. How many people in our world, how many people in our culture have to deal with or are part of a broken family? And when I say that, there are so many possibilities. It could be a divorce. 
It could be a bad situation like mental health or some type of injustice. Or maybe the family was never together in the first place to actually break. It could be so many different things, so many different possibilities. But the thing that I want to get at, the point that I want to make is that when you have a broken family, broken families cause children to be broken. And this is not one of those things that I'm saying to try to enrage or make somebody upset. Like, I turned out fine. No, I'm saying this because what is God's ideal picture? What is God's ideal looking family? It's husband and a wife, kids, married, and ideally not even having to deal with certain issues. And the first person I want to look at in the Bible is Moses. God uses Moses, who was a broken child. And some of you might be like, well, why do I say that? When you think about Moses' situation, Moses was born in a time where the Israelites were in slavery. And if you remember anything about that time, the Pharaoh, the ruler of that land said any newborn Israelite boys were to be murdered, were to be killed. So Moses's mom had a dilemma. She had to secretly give birth to Moses and then she had to put him in the Nile River. Yes, I said a river. I don't know if it's crocodiles or alligators. I get that mixed up. But yes, it's a river where he could have got eight. And just looking at this situation, Moses, God worked it out where Moses was able to be raised by his own mom. Long story short, but that's not the ideal situation. And Moses couldn't grow up kind of like knowing his culture completely. He got to know it for sure. But there always seemed to be like some little bit of an identity crisis that Moses had because he wanted to always prove in a way it seems or appears to me, I should say. It doesn't say this in the Bible, but it appears to me that he really wanted to show that he was an Israelite. And the reason I say that is because in Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 to 15, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll read a couple of verses. It says, one day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their own labor. And that just jumped out to me, his own people. Like he wanted to identify culturally more than he did spiritually. It's like, if you think about this, bro was living in a palace. And I know if he was in today's world, people will say stuff like, you ain't really down. And I know black people that have made it in certain fields have people telling them, you ain't really black. And here we see a young man who has royalty at his fingertips. Like, dude is living in a palace. That would be like you living in a White House. You got it made. It says that he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. That's one of his people. And it says Moses looked one way. He looked another way. He saw no one. And he killed the Egyptian. And then he hid him in the sand. That's a broken brother right there who was willing to risk it all for his culture, for his identity. And if you really look at the situation, it was jacked up from the beginning because it's like, man, why are my people facing injustice? Why are my people in slavery? And Moses fleed and he left. But God didn't allow Moses just to be broken. God called on Moses to lead his people out of slavery. It took some time. And Moses had to learn some godly characteristics, but God didn't leave Moses to be broken. He turned him into a puzzle piece. He gave him a greater purpose. And this is something we see throughout the Bible. God taking people that are broken. God taking people that most are like, oh, that's too low. That's too, that's not, that's not good enough. And making something out of them. Think about a low type of job, a, a normal career projection, often overlooked at times, doesn't appear to have the best relationship with his family. Described as a foreigner in Psalm 69, verse 7 through 8. Like, who are you talking about? I'm talking about King David. 
Or how about when you look at Jesus' lineage, like where Jesus, who's in Jesus' family? It lists a couple women. It lists Rahab. Rahab was a Canaanite prostitute who God allowed to help the spies of Israel. This is in Joshua 2 and Joshua 6. He allowed Rahab to be a vessel to help the Israelites receive the promised land. Now, most people in our world would have only viewed her as broken. Only good for one thing, and that's to have sex. But God viewed her as one of his children. He viewed her as a beautiful piece to the puzzle. Or how about Tamar? She's found in Genesis chapter 38, broken. And just listen to her situation. Back then, they would find a husband or wife for their son or daughter. So in this case, Judah is a man who found a wife for his son, and it was Tamar. Now, Tamar's first husband, Judah's son, he died. And then in their, in their culture, in their times, they would make the brother marry the wife and have kids so that the name could live on. And then that could be the child's inheritance. Now, this husband died too, because dude was basically just hidden and trying not to have a kid. The Bible phrase that is used is he was spilling his seed. The worldly phrase we would use today is he was pulling out and not allowing his semen to be inside of her. And that was wrong because that's not how it was supposed to go. So Tamar has two husbands, evil. He dies too because the Lord is like, you're not supposed to be doing this. So two husbands dies. So now Judah is supposed to give her another one of his sons. If you're keeping track, he's already lost two sons. But he tries to make it seem like he lost his sons due to Tamar when really his sons were just evil dudes. Tamar eventually has a kid. You should definitely go read that in Genesis chapter 38. Because if you haven't read it before, it is like reality TV show on steroids, but it's true. And it's not glorifying the sin. It's just telling you what could happen when you don't do it God's way. And Tamar, bottom line though, Tamar is in the lineage. She's in the family tree of Jesus, Jesus Christ, our Savior. And that's just another example of someone who has a horrible situation, someone who is broken, but God takes them and uses them for a greater purpose, a greater plan. And on this episode of Broken Pieces or Puzzle Pieces, it's so clear that God doesn't allow our past to define us. God allows his son's death, his son's victory to define us, to define you, to define me. And if you really think about the average puzzle, no piece in the average puzzle puzzle is usually the same. They're all uniquely shaped. They're all uniquely different. And that is by design. And that is the same thing with you and me. Now, let's look at one more broken past that I kind of mentioned before. What if I describe this past to you? This person is lazy. This person started to think this stuff doesn't stink. And since this person started to think that, they also thought they didn't have to fulfill their duties or do his or her job. This person sees a baddie and they allow their eyes to float and they say, ooh, I got to have that. And then this person ends up committing adultery, impregnates a woman, comes up with a cover-up plan to have her husband killed so that no one knows. Does this sound like something that would end up on Snapped or Lifetime movie? I don't know. End up on some station. I'm done watching TV, remember? But yeah, this, this is a crazy pass. And I'm talking about King David. And despite this, despite King David's brokenness, despite King David's past, God was able to pick that up, mend it in the way that he wanted it to, and allow King David to show us how to repent. He allowed King David to write some books of the Bible. 
he allowed King David to be a piece of the puzzle to set up the stage for his son coming down to this earth and being our savior. That's something he did with all of the examples that I, I listed. Now, before we look at the fact that we are puzzle pieces and not broken pieces, I have to point out, we don't want to force it or, or make ourselves be more broken. We're automatically broken with sin since we are all sinful. And sometimes it is very easy because we all know how to do this. We all know how to mess some stuff up. We can trust that God can use our brokenness to be part of a greater puzzle that he is piecing together. Now, when we look at the facts of us being a puzzle versus us being broken pieces, we have to realize, number one, we are not meant to stay broken. Like we don't have to stay broken. Jesus made you and I children of God. Second Corinthians five, verse 21 tells us for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. We were made right with God through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. Second point, the devil lies. The devil either lies and tells us that we are the whole puzzle or that we can't be a part of something greater. It's like either or we are either trying to be God and put the pieces where we want them to be and create our own pieces. And it's like, that's not how it works. Or we're thinking, you know what? I can't be a part of something greater. God can't use me because of my past. God can't use me because of the horrible things that I've done. He can't possibly be able to use me because I have you fill in the blank. But that's where we have to look at the facts and remember God was able to forgive a prostitute. God was able to forgive a murderer. God was able to forgive someone who was lazy. God was able to forgive someone who committed adultery. God is a master and a beast at taking some of the most broken pieces, some of the pieces that you feel like, man, you could never use this piece. Like, ooh, that's too messed up. And using it and making it beautiful, too, I might add. The third point is humble yourselves, lower yourselves, take a knee and be in a kneeling position so that God can use you versus God having to humble you or God allowing something to knock you down. So you on your knees and you're in a position of humility. And the fourth point is make sure that your perspective is trained by hearing God's truth, hearing God's promises, hearing God's plan for you. I know this is a passage that a lot of you love, which is Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. When you are going through certain things in life and you feel like broken, you feel broken, which doesn't mean you are broken because you are a child of God. We have to remember that, man, God has a plan to prosper me. I might not know what in the world is going on right now, but I know he's not trying to harm me. I know his plan is to give me hope. I know his plan is to give me a future. And when you hear God's word, when you see the examples of how he has worked in other people's lives, you all of a sudden start to think like, I might not know what's going on right now, but God definitely can work in my life. God definitely can use me as a puzzle piece. But is there something that you have or haven't done that makes you say, God can't use me to better his kingdom. God can't use me for something great in his eyes. God can't use me because of my past. God can't use me because I'm too broken. Now think about this. David, who committed murder, adultery, and became lazy, 
Rahab, who was a prostitute, Moses, who had a bad family situation and made some bad choices, Tamar, who seemed like she just kept getting dealt the hand of no good man. They were not broken. They were a part of God's plan. God used them to complete his puzzle. If there was no Jesus, then you better believe we'd still be broken. This is why it's so special and necessary to share God's word and God's love to others. Just look around. It's a lot of broken people out there in our world. Something you might have heard before is a broken crayon can still color. We can all still color and notice because of what Jesus has done for us. A lot of people can't color and fulfill their purpose because they have no clue who they are. They don't know who their savior is and how they can be pieces to God's kingdom and a greater plan. A great passage to close on comes from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 through 18. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. Are you a broken piece or a puzzle piece? No matter your past, God loves, God forgives you, and he has plans specifically for you and hated to see you broken. The more broken I realized I was, the more I'm just amazed at God's love for me. And I'm in awe because he sent Jesus to live a perfect life, to die for us and to take my broken, sorry butt and give me the gift to be a puzzle piece. He gives me the chance to share the good news that we don't have to live life like we're broken. And this is the non-microwave truth. How is God going to use you? Thanks for joining me on this episode of Broken Pieces or Puzzle Pieces. Peace Punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I'm out.